Hey everyone, Dave Broadback here. This is the uh, audio for a lecture uh, in Psychology 3256, Advanced Univariate Statistics. It used to be called Design and Analysis 1, but we didn't think that name was scary enough. Also check out the uh, YouTube uh, videos of uh, these uh, lectures. I guess I've now just committed myself to doing the YouTube videos. Anyway, check out my YouTube channel and you can find them there. Or also at my blog, people.ac.ca slash broadback slash blog. If you like statistics, oh, you're going to love this. This brain is out of practice. Okay. Great. So, mixing out some So far, we've talked about single between and within. Single between and within design. The single between design, between subjects, is the one way analysis of variance that we all know and love. Our old friend. And then the within is, we talked the last time, repeated measures, which is a special case of a randomized block design. Called, they're called simple because they have one variable. We've talked about factorial designs between subjects. The classic, you know, two by two, different group subjects in A1, B1, and A1, B2, and then ad nauseum ad infinitum. And we've talked about factorial within designs. We talked about that at the very end of last, uh, the last time. So, that would just have the same subjects, say you had an A, uh, two by two, you had the same subjects in each cell. Okay? We've talked about all those. What about combining them? What, a, what kind of crazy world do we live in? Let's do that! I'm way more excited about this than I should be. It's my own way of keeping myself interested. Um, well, you might actually say to yourself, well, why? Actually, why would you do that? There's cases we want one, one between variable, one within variable. Um, let's say different species and learning. So learning is a repeated measure statement, is a within subject thing. And species, well, we can't really change species perfectly between them. If it were for designs like this, I wouldn't uh, have all those letters after my name. Because I'm a comparative psychologist. That's, I, that's the kind of work that I, I'm trained to do. Sex differences, another uh, thing that's uh, pretty fascinating, right? Male-female differences is a spatial ability or verbal ability, whatever. Um, we can't randomly assign subjects to different groups, but we can, just like the species, but we can say with men and women, and then we're going to test them on learning of different kinds of tasks. Sure. Okay, so these are two big kinds of questions that are asked a lot in psychology, and in fact, so they're using one between, one within, or mixed designs all the time. So it's not uncommon. And then, of course, the ever-present, ever, ever etc. etc. cetera. Et cetera. So you can think about other examples, I'm sure. All right. Here's an example. So we've got implicit and explicit memory. Implicit memory... Memory, uh, like for work credit completion and things like that, or schedule completion. So, anybody, a couple of you guys took memory with me? Yeah. So, you remember that, right? Implicit and explicit memory? Okay. Two of them have different subjects and different groups. So, one, one group gets implicit tasks at five minutes, retention levels of five minutes, one hour, and 24 hours. Another group gets explicit tasks five minutes, one hour, and 24 hours. There might be some concern, for example, about the explicit test sort of contaminating the implicit test. Um, 
It's actually not that big a deal, but when people first started doing implicit versus explicit memory comparisons for retention interval, this literally this kind of experiment, Tobey Schachter at Stark 1982, when this experiment was done, they were concerned about that kind of thing. It turned out later nothing was worried about, so people don't do it that way anymore. It's much more convenient to have the same subjects and test them all at once. What if? That was a concern, and a valid concern, seems to me. So you want to have two different groups because they get two different test types, but then repeated measures on the on the um, decay for the decay function retention interval. Okay. We still want the decay function though, and we're only going to get that if we test the same people over and over again. Okay. So you see logic behind this. I hope. So what are the sources of variation? So we have implicit and explicit, and we get five minute, one hour, twenty four hour. Uh, retention interval. Group one is subjects one to ten. Group two is subjects eleven to twenty. I just I just arbitrarily figured we're going to have ten subjects per group. Okay. Well, first is test type implicit versus explicit. So memory test type is one source of variation. Yes, of course. Another one is retention interval because that's. In other way, independent variables we're looking at. Obviously, we have a subject, sorry, we're going to have an interaction with these two, but subjects themselves are a variable. Right? Remember, we figured that out last time that we have to count subjects as, a, as an independent variable, which is the easy way to do. Or the roundabout way to do uh, a repeated measures design in SPSS, you just use the GLM procedure, and you have each subject, subjects one to whatever. That's another variable. That's a giant hint of how to do your assignment. <coughs> so what have I got written there? Subjects. It means this is how you say this: subjects nested within test type. Or just you say subjects within test type, but uh, it's called a nested variable. Subjects one to ten are within implicit memory. Subjects eleven to twenty are within explicit memory. So they're within something. They're nested within. You can't talk about subjects without telling me what group they're in. Right. Do you see that? Makes sense, yes? So we have what's called a nested variable. Now, in this case, it's a subject variable. We have a nested variable. So what we have now is we have we can build an analysis variance summary table pretty easily. Remember last time I said do your talk about your subjects, then talk about your within subjects variables? Actually, we can add an extra layer to this. We do between subjects variables, then the subjects, then the within. Between subjects within. You're going to hear me say that so many times over the next three weeks, you're going to want to kill me. Uh, which is weird, because it's just some words, and... Um, like it's a hate crime. 
but you'll learn to hate now some variants. No, you won't. You'll love it. Like it's your own child. That's a little strong. Probably not that strong. Probably somewhere between hate crying and loving like a child. God, this is taking a very dark and odd turn, and I'm going to just reset. Look what I did here. It's pretty simple. Subject, uh, uh, between subjects, very related test type. Different subjects and different levels of test type. So we're going to call it test. We're going to put that first. It has one degree of freedom. There are two levels of test type, implicit and explicit, and we lose degree of freedom, so two minus one is one. And then we talk about the subjects. Subjects are within test. Right? We have n minus one subjects, little n minus one. It's ten, minus one is nine. And we have, that, that happens twice. Two levels of test, so nine times two is eighteen. Can you cross? Remember, you always go interact this with this. But you can't go test by subjects within test. That's weird. You can't have the same thing in there twice. So within, retention there are two degrees of freedom for retention of And then we go, look, retention of by test. Retention of by subject within test. Oh, look at This thing called Yeats order, this between subjects within. When you do it that way, you can figure out what the error terms are. You can also, if you want, derive the expected values of the mean squares. Let's do that. If you feel like it, go nuts. You're insane because there's a, a this, this algorithm works every single time. So we know that Yeats order says use the first term below it that has it, the thing you're interested in, and subjects in the term. So you say, what are we going to test the test variable with? Oh, subjects within test. Retention also mean squared test for mean squared for subjects within test. One by the other. Mean squared for retention interval by, oh, here's one. Retention interval by subjects within test. Retention interval by test. Retention interval by subjects within test. Yay! So that's how you can figure this out. This allows you to figure out what you test with what, what how you do the F test. What means square you divide by what other means square. That's what it's doing. So the test you're doing is an analysis of variance, right? So you're dividing one mean square by the other mean square. That's what you're doing. Question so far. Okay. That's good. Either that's good or it's horrible, and none of you understand it. I reject that hypothesis out there with no data whatsoever. I have complete faith in my awesome ability. Seriously, any questions so far? Good so far? Okay. So to review so far, we do between subjects within. Between subjects within. You say it to yourself over and over again. I'm going to say this a lot. Because until the last week of March, this is all we're doing. I'm going to show you all kinds of other designs. 
And then we're going to quit analysis of variance eventually. We're going to talk to multiple regression. And you're going to think we're done with analysis of variance. And then I'm going to explain to you what the way you analyze multiple regression is with analysis of variance. <laughs> Just when you thought So it's between subjects within do the interactions, right? That's all we've done there. Test subjects within test, retention or retention by subjects. Oh, sorry, retention by test, retention by subjects within test. Done. This eventually becomes mechanical to do this. And the error terms are easy because we know we go, okay, test, we're going to find the thing that has subjects and test in it that's just below. Oh, there it is, subjects within test. By the way, this assumes everything else is a fixed factor and subjects are a random factor. And that's a fair assumption, okay? That's a fair assumption. Okay, questions so far? Here's another example. We're going to say n equals 5 in this example. Like where that came in? Pretty impressive, right? That's the star web. Okay. Look at this one. We got three factors. Which of these is a between subjects factor? Or do we have any between subjects factors at all? So of A, B, and C, what is a between subjects factor? Yeah, Mitch. A is the factor. One and two of the levels. But yes, A is a between subjects factor. Why is that? That is because different subjects get different levels of A. It's a between subjects factor. If it's a between subjects factor, that means then that subjects are nested within A. Definitionally. So you can say subjects are within A. We know that. Now, within subjects. Uh, is there, are there any other between subjects factors? Let's see. Looks like everybody gets C one, everybody gets C two. Yeah. So it's it's a within. Everybody gets B one, everybody gets B two, and everybody gets B three. They are within subjects factors. Okay. They're repeated measures or within subjects factors. You okay, guys? Okay. okay. You just look like you have a thing going on. So between subjects within. So we have the between is the A, the subjects are within A, the within are the B and C. Right over there. Between subjects within, between A is a between factor, within are B and C. And I, there's the worst arrows ever drawn in a presentation. So instead of drawing arrows, I just did, oh, we'll do a drawing. We'll do a minus and a greater than sign. So what we're going to do with this now is we're going to the between, we're going to list the betweens, and that's just one A. Then we're going to go subjects within A. And then we're going to go B and C. You could go C and B, but everybody always goes B and C because B is first in the alphabet. I mean, that's literally, you could go the other way, it wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> but it's like we've learned B comes before C. It's entirely arbitrary. Prove yourself that the order of the alphabet is arbitrary by quickly saying the alphabet backwards. 
It's hard. Counting backwards is easy because that's not arbitrary. Holy jumping! Look at that source of variation degrees of freedom table. So, but this is exactly what we did before. It's just an extension. We added one extra within variable. That's all that's happened here. So I listed A first, then subjects within A. Let's not worry about degrees of freedom right now. We can we can calculate those in a second. Oh look, I did list C first. Oh, I'm quite the rebel. I could have done B first because we can do it. C. Okay, now that I've listed these, C by A. C by S within N. Can I do C by C? Well, no, that would be ridiculous. What's the C by C interaction? So I've done those. Now I go B. B by A, B by S within A, B by C, B by C by A, B by C by S within N. Whoa. Now, degrees of freedom. So, first of all, before I get to the degrees of freedom, does everybody see what the sort of mechanics of doing this are? Between subjects within, and you just do the interactions of everything above. Okay? It's, it's, it's mechanical. And the only way you get good at doing this is making up your own and practicing. And practicing. Practicing. And when you're finished practicing, you practice some more. When we get closer to the final exam, which is coming sooner rather than later, um, I will set up a, a Facebook uh, a group for the class for studying and for asking each other questions, and I will be posting examples and giving you answers a couple days later. Also, I will expect you guys to be chiming in and doing those things too. So. But you see what it, see between subjects within do the interactions. The way you screw this up is you do within subjects between. Then it doesn't work at all. I mean, you could do it, but that mechanical thing I'm talking about, that that that, that algorithm stops working. So you have a between subjects within. So, how many levels does A have? Well, it has two, so it has one degree of freedom. So that's a good start. N is five, right, little N? Because there's five subjects per group. Four times two is eight. Okay. C has one. Then we have one again. C minus one times N minus one times A is eight. B has two degrees of freedom. B by A has two degrees of freedom. B by S within A, B minus one, N minus one, A is, excuse me, 16 degrees of freedom. B minus one times C minus one is two. B minus one times C minus one times A minus one times two. B minus 1, C minus 1, M minus 1, 16. Now add them up. 9, 10, 11, 19, 21, 23, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 59. The chances of you getting the degrees of freedom right and doing everything else wrong is pretty slim. It can happen, but that's just not luck. So if you add those degrees of freedom up, it works. You're probably, you probably did everything properly. It's a nice little check you can do on, on the work. Also, you'll see, it gets this sort of Christmas tree pattern. Because <laughs> the, the terms are bound to get bigger and then smaller as you add a new term. The interactions, then smaller and then bigger. 
So it, it starts to have a look that you appreciate. You look at it and say, I see what's happening. Great. Okay, so for S with an A. Yes. So and so five minus one four. Yes. And then what? Times two levels of A. Two levels. Of a. Right, because subjects are within A. So there are four subjects here, or five subjects here, so that's four degrees of freedom. And five subjects here, that's different subjects, four more degrees of freedom. So now we have eight. But there's three groups, right? No, there's two groups. Group one and group two. Let's go back. Oh, so yeah. I was thinking it was A, B, C. Yeah, yeah. See, so if, 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 if it was B, if they were within B, that would have, would be three groups. But there's only two groups. Yes? Um, okay. Can you just go through, so S and then A. Yes. So N is five. Yes. Five minus one is four. Yes. And A is two. And there's two levels of A. So A is, oh, the levels of A? Yeah, number of levels of A. That's all that. Okay. Yeah. This is way easier than you probably think it is. So then C would be 2 because there's two levels of C. Yes. Yeah, C is 2 because it has two levels. B is 3 because it has three levels. A is 5 because it has five levels within each level of A. Except it's people. Can we wait? Say that again. It has five uh, levels within each level of A. Right? There are five subjects, so yes, five yes. levels within each level of A. And then where would you see what you just said in the table? Right. And minus one, so times two. Okay. There are five levels. Nobody? Star Trek? So basically all you need to calculate is, well, not calculate, but look at it. Yeah. B, A, C, and N. Yeah, that's all you need to get the degrees of freedom right. And the thing is, you will, if you take a look at that design, there are ten. Right. Yeah, there are. Uh, sorry, not ten. There are six cells. Yes. Right. Yeah, and they each have ten. Sorry, there are. That's not that's not right. There are twelve cells, and they each have five people, five observations in them. That means there are sixty observations. That means the design has fifty-nine degrees of freedom. Right. That has 59 degrees of freedom because there are 60 observations. 60 minus 1 is 59. The total number of degrees of freedom must equal 59. Right? You see that? So it's a way you can look at it goals. This has to add up to 59 minus degrees of freedom. If it doesn't, I did it wrong. Oftentimes, by the way, if you get it wrong, it's because you don't do uh, you don't use the your head very well, so you have to go back and go, oh, oh, I see. Are there always going to be the same number of levels for each variable? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Sometimes there are. The world doesn't, the world doesn't work that way. For our purposes? No. No. Well, why, would, why would I do that? Because that's not how the world works. So questions, because it looks like you're all asking each other questions. Joey. Where do you find the number of observations per Oh, I told you that there were five subjects each room. Yeah. Yeah, I would always tell you that. I would not tell you that. Just like in real life, you would know because you collected the data. Other questions? Because if you get how to do this now, the rest of this is going to be a breeze. 
Oh, no, it's probably a, a typo on the old version, that's all. On, on yeah, the, yeah, yeah, this is correct, don't worry. So that should be A. Yeah, okay. yeah apparently, yeah. Hey, I've obviously made it, an old, there's obviously an old oh, mistake. Oh, my whole thing's wrong. Yeah, there's obviously an old mistake on there. This one's an A, too. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll fix that. Okay. I'll upload it. Questions? Very straightforward, yes? It's mechanical. It's mechanical. Yes. Let's do another one. These are fun. Okay, what's in between subject variable here? Who's one of the between the subjects to within? So, what's the between subject variable here? Somebody other than Mitchell, because he had this is the last one. Keegan. B is definitely between subject variable. Look, different subjects get different levels of B. G1, G3, G1, G3, G4. Oh, G4, G4. Correct. Is there, are there any others? Are there any other between subject variables? No, C. Look at C. C. Everybody gets every level of C. Oh, that's the a and B are both between subjects variables. They are both between subjects variables. What that means is then that subjects are going to be nested within AB interactions. Subjects are the AB. So let's put that one over here. Both A and B are between and C's are within. Subjects are within AB. This is how you want to look, look at this. Can I talk about subjects without mentioning what level of A and B they're in? No, I cannot. So you can see subjects are within AB. All this is, frankly, is a regular 2 by 2, and then I put on a repeated measure of C. Between subjects within. Uh, let's say there's 6 per group this time. So total degrees of freedom we should get, we've got what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, uh, 12, times 6, 70, can you show 71 degrees of freedom? What was it? 6 times 12, oh, that's right. Is that right? See how this goes? Yeah. That's right. 12 times 6 is 7. Yeah. Why did I think it wasn't? What's going on with my time tables when I get there? That's cool. Anyway, 71 degrees free. So we know when we get to the end, we should have 70, we to 71. We do all the degrees free. So, this one's a little bit. Oh, yeah, look, it is 71. I suddenly have this image of my great three teachers saying, I'm taking a four time table, but I'm screwing up to 12 times. Most hard for some reason. 11 is easy, it's all double numbers. 10 is easy, just 12 is hard. And I'm imagining my, my grade 3 teacher as Top Maggie, which is a great name. I mean, we were just in Sudbury on a family trip, and I went to my elementary school, which is about this big. It's, it's, it's a small school. I was literally just right there on the weekend. She was the greatest teacher. She traded hockey cards with this guy before class. 
Five thousand. Those are neat elementary Anyway, who cares about my life? This isn't Dave's autobiography, though sometimes it feels that way. I was born in a log cabin. I wasn't. I was born at the general hospital here in town. Anyway. Yep. Right, can you just go back to the slide before? I can, but I choose not to. Yeah, of course. And can you just explain to me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you said C and B are between. No, I said A and B are between. A and B are between. Can you explain why? Well, different subjects get different levels of A. Right? Look, A has G1 and G2, or G3 and G4. Within A1, it's 1, 2, A2 is 3, 4. It's different people. So how do you, oh, how do you see C? Like, I see A and I see B, but I don't understand how to read C. How is it different than A? So just read it. There's, okay, uh, we can make this up into a, a thing. We can say, uh, that A is uh, is biological sex, male, female. Okay. And B is uh, implicit or explicit memory. Okay. And C, that's a retention rule of five minutes, one hour, and 24 hours. Okay. That's how you can think of that because it's repeat. Okay. Does it make sense now that A and B, that subjects are within A B interactions? That makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. I'm I wasn't looking at oh, the I get it. in the I middle. I was looking at the way they were. The way they were. Four men on the That's right. <laughs> Shattered like, pictures. Yeah. So if that said G1, G1, G2, G2, then that would be C, G, or G2. Thank you. Just remember, this is actually a lot easier than you think it is. Yeah. It really, really is. And even if you're having trouble with it now, within a week or two, you're going to be so used to doing this that you're going to say, how did I ever make mistakes when you first made something? But the second thing you're going to say is, oh, it's so easy, but this stuff is hard, therefore I must be doing it wrong. There's a real failure of metacognition in this stuff. No, seriously, like that's not what happens to everybody. But you have to actually realize this, really it is this easy. So six per group... So let's work it out. Any other questions before we go to the, 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 the thing? The source of variation of security table. Okay, so it looks like this. I listed A first because it comes first in the alphabet. There's no real reason to go A or B first, but A, B, those are both betweens, and then we go A, B. Subjects are within A, B. C, C by A, C by B, C by A, B. C by S within AB. One, 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 twenty. Um, okay. So bring this back just so I understand. Yes. The expected value for A would be A plus B plus AB plus subjects. A, B, yes. Test that you divided by subjects A, B, plus area. Yes. That's right. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Because that first bit, in fact, is just a 2 by 2, and that's what the error term is for a 2 by 2, the thing we call within cell, or that we call 
error, someone scores error, it actually is subject to the NAD. Yeah. That is exactly what it is. So in general, this even works for a one-way analysis of variance. Treatment and subjects within treatment, and you're not going to expect to have any So this just tells you what you're testing. A, mean squared A, mean squared B, mean squared AB. You're going to test them all with mean squared S within AB. Mean squared C, you're going to test by C by S within All these, in fact, are going to be tested with the same error. Question. It's a matter of just practicing these things. So given on the test, would you give us the SV call? Oh god no. What I might do is give you that and say what's the design. In fact, I will guarantee you I will do that on the final exam. I will guarantee there will be one where I give you this and say, what's the design look like? I can guarantee there will be others where I give you the design and say, what's the source of variation degrees of freedom table? How would I totally agree with that? It will probably make up 40% of the final, of the points on the final exam. Somewhere between 40 and 45 of the points. What's the source of variation? Yeah, absolutely. So, to determine the design, you would look at this. Yeah, I will draw that test. To determine the design, you would look at this and then figure out what the design is. What's the. It's pretty much its own thing. What's the table? What's the other table look like? Yeah. What's the source? You identify its locations on the table. I understand. Oh, how do you. Oh, the source of variation? Yeah. Not these, but it's. How do you mean? Right. I don't understand your question. You said that you that on the test. Also, yeah. Test. So this is criminal. What else do you want to do? If I give, I give you this, for example, I would want you to, give, to tell me what the design will be. Can we yes. can I talk about that? Sure. I, I only know Sorry. that if I protect the design like looking at this piece. Well, look. Yeah. If you look. That's the design. That's the design. But if I look at this, I can say, look, what are the between subjects factors? How do I know what they are? They're the three things listed before subjects. So, and also the subjects are nested with these. So it's got to be A and B. How many levels does A have? Don't look back at the left, at the design. Look at this. How many levels does A have? Two. How many levels does B have? Two. Well, that's pretty easy. So, so far, we know we got at least one of these. And we know that we have different subjects in each group. Subjects within AB. Oh, good. One, two, three, four. Oh, we have another variable. It's a within variable. How many levels does it have? C has three. C has three levels, right? Because you can look at this and go two degrees of freedom. And then I'm not going to write it again because <laughs> I just don't feel like it. You might wonder why, that, why, why am I telling you how to do this? Well, when you read an article and they tell you about the design, they don't always give you a nice picture showing you that. Uh, but they will show you, they'll tell you the analysis of variance, how it works. 
you can then go backwards from that and figure out what the design was. For my purposes, it's very useful knowing how to do this because when I review articles for journals, about 10% of the time they've done stats wrong. When I, rebuild, I, I look at their analysis and I rebuild what the table looks like, I go, this, that's, no, you didn't do it right. Which is a weird thing to write to other professionals yeah. in a review. Yeah, I should probably do stats and there's no limits. Or you made these up and I don't think you did that, so you did it wrong. It happens. When they fix it, everybody's happy. So you can go from design to source of variation to use a freedom table and vice versa. You should be able to do that. And you will be able to do that because we're going to go through a lot of these. But yeah, I can guarantee you that a bunch of points on the final exam. I'd say 30 points of the 85 on the final exam will be, or whatever it is, 80. So 3 eighths, that's 37 and a half percent of your final exam grade will be worth, will be doing this. Because I've used the same final exam since I You can ask Maury if she wrote it. 1997. Yes, he wrote it in 2002. In a different university. I don't care. I just take it from university to university. It's the same exam. It's a good measure answer. Questions? So we're good on this? All right.
Thanks for listening to the lecture. Um, all of the audio is available, of course, on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you're using. Just search for da uh, Dr. Dave Broadbeck's uh, Psychology Lectures in Algoma University, which is the most ungainly title ever. Uh, these are released under a sh uh, uh, Creative Commons copyright share like 3.0 Canada. Uh, you can't use these for commercial purposes. Um, you feel free to share them uh, and feel free to mash them up any way you want. But if you do that, that means I get to do the same thing with your stuff. Sort of like the GNU license. Um, I hope you learned something. But if you didn't, I, unless you're one of my students, I really don't care. Um, the music, by the way, for each uh, song, for each uh, uh, episode, <laughs> lecture, uh, is uh, available. They're all podcast, uh, like Podsafe music. So if you want to uh, find out about the bands, there's links on my website at people.aoc.ca slash broadback. Uh, if those links don't work, just contact me, and I'll find uh, I'll find out. Um, often I put links uh, actually in the uh, if you want to call them show notes or blog posts. So uh, you know, buy these people's music; they're they're making the stuff available out there. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.